Hey y'all, I'm Journey. And I'm Brooks. Thank you all for tuning in to Fake Deep Podcast, currently recorded on Skype. Absolutely. So, since this is one of our last two episodes, we're giving our audience the opportunity to pick our topics. And so this week's topic is from Anisar. I'm so bad at like saying people's ad names, but it's like A-A-N-I-S-A-A-A-R-H. And she came into our DMs with the sweetest message ever. I like screenshotted it, I texted your journey. I was like, look at this. It's just like, it really shows like when you put in the work to do something that's really, really positive, how it can affect other people. Sometimes you feel like you're talking to yourself, but every so often we break through the atmosphere and we actually get a listener <laughs> who like really pours out their heart to us. And I'm just looking for it right here. Okay, here it goes. Hi, Journey and Brooks. I really hope you guys see this, but I just wanted to let you know how much this podcast means to me. Before I found it, I just felt so alone as I don't really have that many friends or people to relate to all that for real, at all for real. Um, But after praying and God moving things around so I could find you guys, I just feel so comforted and relieved that I found some people who get me again, even though we haven't met. I listening to a couple of episodes brought back some memories of things I once loved, once cared about, and you both taught me that I should be unapologetically myself at all times and put my faith back into God instead of other systems. Us alternative black girls are really taking over the world one day at a time. We decided to stand. And I was just like the sweetest message that and you really- can tell she listens because just ending with we decided to stand, like our signature closing of the show, that's just all around super sweet thank you anisa anisa yeah anisa yeah it was just very very sweet and like um just the prettiest little bow at the end when she said we decided to stand and so with her cute message um she also i asked her like what you know what would you want to listen i mean have an episode about and she said i've been skipping around listening to different episodes but if you guys don't have an episode about what it's like to be a christian in gen z and finding your tribe of people that would be really cool and so, you know, her wish is our command. So this week, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about faith and friends in Gen Z. And so, Journey, when I brought up this topic, like being a show a show topic for this week, what first came to mind for you? Well, at first I thought about how I don't, and I'm going to refrain from using the word tribe just because I don't relate to that culturally, but I don't have a group of Christian friends like I don't have a small group that I'm a part of I don't have a group of friends where we all our friendship is solely rooted like in our Christianity and yeah that's not something that I have and I'm absolutely okay with so when reflecting on that question I was just thinking about what is it that my friendships are rooted in like why do I have these friendships why do they continue to be maintained? What is it that is so special about them? If it's not that we're not all rooted in God, like what exactly is it about our friendships that allows them to exist and allows them to be beautiful friendships? Because I I have really beautiful friendships. I love all of my friends and they know it and I know that they love me. So I realized that that's really the core in a lot of my friendships after looking at them, like we love each other, like it's genuine love and 
I remember being younger in high school and seeing a lot of pictures like friendship goals, you know, it'll be a group of beautiful black women or even beautiful women all across um, different ethnicities, just having like long hair and beautiful clothes and taking pictures together and they're smiling and they're on beaches. And it's just like when people talk about relationship goals, like they are mythological in my opinion. Like you cannot look at a picture of a group of people and assume that their relationship is something to aspire to be. Um, my friendships, we're all so different. Like we're, when we have group pictures, the rare times that we do, cause that's one thing, like my friends live all over. So we're not always all together. And the people that I'm best friends with, they are not always best friends with each other. Sometimes they're strangers to each other. Um, but yeah, we're all so different. And so I've I've been really grateful of the fact that we are different and maybe we don't look like friendship goals, but like we feel like what we're supposed to feel like. We love each other and we support each other. And yeah, that was the first thing I thought of, just thinking about what my friendships are built on. And they continue to to change every day because we're all growing up. Um, and as I grow in my faith, I always ask God to remove people out of my life. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, but remove people out of my life that aren't supposed to be in my life. And the people that are in my life have been with me for years. Like my longest friendship is now going on 17 plus years. And like, I thank God for that. Like that's, that's on period. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that that's such a good point. What you were saying about, you know, relationship goals being a myth, but like people have friendship goals. I know for me, that was so prevalent because like every single movie that I watched when I was little, they had a group of friends, like brats, cheetah girls, um, what else? Angus Song is a perfect snogging. I always mention that movie. There's other movies um, that I can't think of, but there's always a friend group. And they're always, you know, linking arms. They're walking <laughs> wide across any, like, you know, any surface. And they're just, like, hair blowing in the wind, like you said. And I always wanted that. And that was always something that I was looking for. I was looking for the look. I was like, ooh, she's cute. Like, ooh, she dresses cute. Like, let's be friends, you know. And that, and I see that online often where people are like, oh, you're just so pretty. Like, can we be friends? Mm-hmm. Not saying that to me, but saying that, like, I see it, like, in correspondence on when I used to have Twitter or I'll see it on um, TikTok sometimes. Girls be like, oh, it's like so-and-so is so pretty, y'all. Can you please tag her and tell her, like, that I want to be her friend? And That's I, weird. I'm so sorry. It is. I've I've heard that before, even in my real life when I was younger. And it didn't sit right with me because I was just like, to want to be friends with somebody because of their external, you know, value that they can add to your life, like just by being like, you know, appealing or pretty on the outside. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily not crazy and that they won't ruin your life. <laughs> like You don't know anything about this person. And like, it's just, it's just really, really shallow to think that way. But I mean, I've gone through it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. And so I just really like that point because you're right, it, it really is a myth. Um, but I, when I was thinking about um, this topic, I like the way that you went about it by thinking about, you know, faith blended into friendship. I was thinking about them almost separately um, because for me, like even having a, a episode like this on the show is just very like full circle for me because I'm grateful for the opportunity to show up for my past self and what she actually needed and embracing who she really is because you know, coming to Howard in DC from Little Kentwood, Michigan, being a pastor's kid, like 
having those experiences me uh, of me growing up in church and wanting nothing to do with it because it's not cool. It's not seen as you don't, you just don't want extra pressure on you to behave a certain way. And so when people just don't know, then that the standard is relatively low. (laughs) Like I don't have to prove anything to anybody if I do that. And so I, I, I'm like super glad that we have this episode because you know, freshman year me needed to know that there's other girls of faith who are out here. And, you know, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but we're progressing. And it means that you don't have to be ashamed of that part of yourself. And I remember writing down not too long ago, but in my notes that I wish someone would have told me that the person I fought so hard to not be would be the exact person I ended up being. (laughs) Because growing, yeah, like growing up, I was just very, very boy crazy. I was very validation driven. And that does not mean that you are on fire for God by any means, because the both, like, if you want validation and your boy crazy, sometimes you will compromise your values. Sometimes you will compromise what you actually know you should be doing because you want to be popular. You want to be liked by everybody. Everybody has to be your friend. Um, And that is a complete contradiction between um, what we're supposed to be putting all of our trust and our hope and our life in, like, we can make an idol out of boys. We can make an idol out of relationships, friendships. And that's what my life consisted of and looked like for a long time. And it's it's interesting to think about, you know, friendships in in relation to faith, because back in the day, like that was not even a thought of mine. Like when it came to friendships, it was literally on like, do you listen to Steve Lacey? Like mm-hmm. it was really on like, <laughs> do you know this like, this artist or do you um do you like one direction like it was always about the music i was listening to the fandoms i was in it was never about like things that would actually sustain me and i remember when i got to college and i had my first falling out with a friend that i made just because we both were steve lacy fans i was like oh okay so that's not a strong enough basis to build on like that doesn't really tell you anything about somebody just because they play it on their like spotify or whatever um so yeah i think that that was a good point to bring up like you just, as you grow up, you need different things. You need, for me, I'm like, I know that I need friends who I can pour into because I've had friendships where they're literally like, don't say nothing to me about my life. I'm not telling you anything, but you can vent to me. And it's just like, Mm. I need to be able to know what's going on so that I can properly help you. So there's just a bunch of different dynamics that I'll get into later. But what did you want to add, Jenny? So when you're saying having friendships based off of the music we like, I'm thinking now and I'm trying to get into this mindset of understanding the way that young people, that adolescents and teens, the way that we develop mentally and the way that we think, because I think it's kind of understudied and it's we're not understood as teenagers and we're not understood as kids and therefore adults just kind of make assumptions about the things that we're going through. But I think when it comes to forming relationships like that, it's like we don't necessarily know the best way to express our personality, except, you know, music is a a really easy way to do that. Like if you listen to this particular artist, there's something about that artist that aligns with what you feel inside. So when somebody can relate to that, it's like you feel me on a level that I have a difficult time explaining. So it's so valid for us to form these relationships. But like you said, they're not always, you know, just because you feel me in that way, that doesn't mean that you behave in a way that like I am aligned with. Um, Yeah, so I've, I've had a lot of friendships and even relationships. Girl, I used to be, this is so embarrassing, 
this is extremely embarrassing. I used to be on apps that were basically like Tinder, but before Tinder existed, they were through Kick. And you remember Kick? Yeah, you got Kick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. So I used to be on there just like chatting with strangers, dangerous. Um, <laughs> maybe like 13, 14 years old, chatting with strangers. Ooh. And I was super into like the SoundCloud scene at the time. Um, very angsty, like bones. And um, what's that boy's name? Corbin. What was his, his stage name? No, no, not Corbin oh. Blue. Um, <laughs> goodness, I cannot remember his name. But it was just, it was kind of like a dark sound that I really enjoyed at the time because I was like, oh, this is hard. But also, my dad's a producer, so I understand like elements of hip hop and sampling that were incorporated in that music. And so, like my, that's where my head was at, and that's where my emotions were at. Like, I want to be able to connect with somebody who can understand the the technicality behind good music or what I thought was good music at the time. So when I was connecting with people who were way too old for me to be connecting with I thought that that was friendship and it would be like two days of of me I chatted with this one boy in Atlanta who was like a rapper and we had the same music taste he was like five years older than me and I was like I'm in love (laughs) (laughs) my mom found out and she took my phone away and I was like no she did (laughs) I was like we can't talk anymore like I'm so sorry he had a girlfriend anyways (laughs) It's like, I, at the time, I really thought that that was a genuine connection. Like, they get me. They really get me. And last night, I was talking to somebody who we had kind of, like, rekindled our our bond. And I realized, like, how important it is to have people in your life who really get you. And we'll probably get to this later. But, like, going into college, when you're still figuring out who you are, um, the person that you think you are, like you really just want people that that match that. And then, you know, they get you on that level. But when you, you know, start developing other levels of yourself, it's important that we also address that and not just have people who get you when you were, you know, 18 years old. Like, will they get you when you're now 19 and you've experienced this and you've gone through this and this thing happened? Um I'm wow I love talking about friendships like they're just so vital like I cannot say that I I can't say I would be comfortable in my skin like without some of the friendships that I've had and when talking about faith like just to like bring that back into it I'm realizing well I know for a fact that faith is believing in things that you cannot see um God is an invisible entity like I cannot see God but I believe in God and that's my faith and even with friendships like I have a lot of long distance friendships and they're so they're so solid because I believe in them and like I trust them and I feel supported by them and I love them even when I can't see them and it's just like a really incredible thing to to explore like people don't talk deeply about friendships because sometimes it's it's so lighthearted like it's like why would I want to talk deeply about it but this is the show and And, yeah (laughs) no I feel that yeah I think that it's such an important thing to really unpack and think about because friendships really they they mold us into who we are and I think that the the beauty of you saying that you wouldn't be 
who you wouldn't feel as comfortable as you are in yourself if it wasn't for those friendships is because like you it's that constant um reinforcement of you're okay just the way you are like I I see the good I see the bad we've been through enough and I'm staying and I'm here it, it gives you like that sense of um you know just that security and that protection almost to be like oh I can be exactly who I am because you've seen me through in all these different situations and you stuck by my side like that's why friends are just so just God-given, like, when they're, when it's really good, like, when you have, like, those, those few really good tight friends, then it's just, like, you would never trade them for anything, because you know that you have, like, people by your side, um, and even bringing faith into it, like, um, you know, being good, bad company corrupts good character, or, or good morals, and so being around people who, you know, are not the best influence on you, or at the time you might have thought that they were a good influence, and then you look back on now the way that you want to live and the decisions that you want your life to look to uh, be centered around. Sometimes those relationships that you had in the past, they didn't work out for the simple reason of you are now going to be a new person. You're deciding to have a new leaf, and like you cannot have those same behavioral patterns. You can't have those same ways of thinking. And so that's how we can outgrow people. And I know that it's it can be so heartbreaking when we um, outgrow or we just part ways from people, but it, it becomes so clear, like God made it so clear to me, the reason why I've gone through different phases of friendships and thinking like, you know, I thought that this person was gonna be my life forever, but it really, there are so many seasons in your own life and, you know, people say like, you know, these friends are here for a season or for a reason. I I really do believe that because the way that I um, have been able to take all of my um, my experiences in my life and think of how they can be helpful to somebody else, how I can almost relate to people on really, really specific issues that when they're telling me about relationship things, and I'm like, wow, I've been there. I have a specific instance where I can connect with this exact thing. It just it empowers you to actually be able to rework that whole story. So I know that somebody might be feeling like, oh, and that's so great. Journey and Brooks have friends. I don't have friends. though. <laughs> I know that somebody here is for real feeling like that. So just know, like, in this time that you have, like, I, I really don't think that solitude is a bad thing at all because there really is a time in everybody's life where I feel like God gets you alone and you have to be know that he has to be your very first friend and your very, very best friend, like your first defense. Because I know that a lot of us, I know that I did in the past, if I was going through anything, if something was d- difficult, if something was hard, if I was having a slight inconvenience, that one friend was getting a text, that one friend was getting a FaceTime call immediately. And it really makes that person your God. It makes them your source of comfort and your peace and your refuge. And that is just so unhealthy because nobody can handle that pressure. I've had friends in the past when I was in high school being like, you really need a therapist. Like, not even in a way that's like, oh, like I'm venting, I'm venting. They're just like, I think that, well, the way we got, we got into a fight about that because that was before the stigma behind mental health (laughs) was like alleviated. So when she said that, I was like, oh, we're not cool right now. Like, you can't say that to somebody. But now I realize, like, it's because you're putting so much pressure on somebody to be your everything. And so when you're alone, you really get to learn that you have a friend in God. Like, he is not going to leave you. He's not going to, you know, ever consider turning his back on you just because of whatever mistakes you might have made or whatever. It's like, when when you fully know that, like, 
He's all knowing. There's nothing that you can hide. <laughs> There's not even your thoughts that you could hide. So when you were being grimy or you did somebody dirty, he knew about that too, but he still stuck around. And that's enough to, you know, build that confidence in something, like you said, invisible, having that faith, because just like with a friend in real life, giving us that confidence to be ourselves, we will always have that. Even if those friends that we built that confidence in leave us, we will like, we don't have to worry about being completely distraught or devastated because we wouldn't have lost everything. We would have still had everything if we have him. And so that's what I was learning this past few months. I know like December until I left to Brazil, but it really like there's so much hope when you when you know that you your source of happiness and your not your source of happiness, but your source of joy and contentment is not found in anything that this world can give you. What do you feel like from your faith you bring into your relationships, your friendships? I believe that, like, literally, I'm, I've hit a point where, like, my um, friendships are really all faith-based at this point. Like, if I can't talk to you about God and, like, tell you what I've been learning from the Bible lately, then, and I feel uncomfortable you're not, you probably wouldn't be like a best friend of mine, but I will still keep you in my life because I wouldn't just drop somebody because they don't have the same beliefs as me. That's lame. But I want to keep people who would, who are like sharpening me, you know, like iron sharpens iron. Um, so that's where most of my friendships are coming from. But I know before it was not like that. It was really on some who can give me the comfort and the protection and the coddling that I need at the time. And if you couldn't do that, then you had to go. And I, found myself in situations where I was using people because I was very much so like, okay, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like you're not serving me. And I was never quick to be like, okay, so what would you like? What do you want to do? How are you feeling? I wasn't quick to do that. And so when I, everything was gone and I didn't have anything, it was now me having this time alone with God. And then the, the relationships that I have and I attracted just naturally began to be more about that. And I understand that that doesn't necessarily mean that those friendships will stay forever either, but at least we're pointing each other to the same source of uh, of an entity or of a friend that will never leave us, you know? Um, and so, yeah, my, my friendships and my faith have really coincided to where I really only have a few friends now. And I noticed that when I have friends who are like really their faith is important to them. We don't talk every day. And it's so funny because usually I would be, if I had a best friend at the time or we were really, really close, we would be FaceTiming every day. We would be texting every day. We would be hanging out every day. If I wasn't seeing you, I was FaceTiming. If I wasn't FaceTiming, I was texting you. And now with the the friends that I have um, who are actually prioritizing the relationship with God over everything, it's more like, checking in I have this thought or like this was on my heart like I wanted to tell you it's very like genuine they're they're willing to tell me you know what I can improve on what I'm and never like point call me out or like talk behind my back but just like let me know on the spot like what is the right answer what what I should how I should respond or whatever in an instance um and yeah it's just been very like fruitful it's it's helped me to know to keep God first instead of keeping them first, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. When you were saying that uh, there might be people listening who are like, okay, we get it. Journey and Brooks have friends. 
it made me think and not to, to that person who is feeling that way. I swear I'm not trying to like beat a dead horse or rub it in your face, but I don't know what it's like to not have friends. <laughs> but um, I will say like being an only child is such a blessing because I didn't really while I don't know what it's like to not have friends, I didn't really ever feel a need to want friends, if that makes sense. Like, it wasn't a desire for me to seek out friends. Um, and of course, I got lonely at times. Like, that's an only child thing. But us only childs have a way of finding entertainment by any means necessary, especially when if you got a mother like mine who's just like, find something to do. Like, I'm doing something or get out my way <laughs> not that my mom's like mean and would say it in that way but like kids are annoying like get out of my way right so I would find ways to entertain myself and this is gonna sound so corny but I found so many friends in books like that was truly a, a bond like I felt like I had bonds with the characters I would read about and of course this is me in like elementary school I would come home from school and TMI, but like I would get a book and I would sit on the toilet and I would read a book for like two hours. <laughs> and my mom was just like, Journey, like, are you gonna come out? I'm like, I'm <laughs> reading, like, I gotta get to the next chapter. But I found so much pleasure in that. And I think it's important to to know that some friendships aren't typical. Um, I'm not saying that you should be friends with inanimate characters and objects. That's not what I'm alluding to but as my mom's gotten older she's gotten really close with uncles of hers like she's like this is my friend like we talk like almost every day and sometimes they're like a father to me but really we have laughs and they're like my friend and that was really encouraging when she told me that because you know our friendships outside of our friends with our friend with God our friendship with God um they're all gonna look very different and so yeah, I just I just think that's important to highlight that like you having your friendships based in faith based friendships, somebody else may not have that. And that doesn't make you any less of a faith based person. It just means you have different friendships. Um, and that's the cool thing about it, because I think friendships are meant for us to uh, aid in our growth and aid in, in our knowledge. And if you feel that you're around people um, or things that can give you that knowledge and give you that encouragement to grow whether it's a family member like my mom is one of my best friends my grandma's one of my best friends um or if it's books although i i really encourage people to like i mean books can be your friends for like only so long okay <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just going back to what i was saying about friendship goals having an expectation of what your friendship is going to look like it may not always serve you um Sometimes it is good to have a vision, but also when friendships are divine and they're meant to be, they'll happen in the way that they're meant to be. And you have no control over what that looks like. You become friends with people that you had no idea you had anything in common with. Um, and it's it's really beautiful. Like it just kind of adds to the human experience because it's like, wow, who knew that my life would be changed by the fact that this person um, who I never expected would be a part of my life whether it's for a season or for a really long time, like they are now a friend. They're now somebody that I trust and that I support and it's vice versa. And 
yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely. I love what you were saying about how we can just like look to different things in order to have that sense of camaraderie. Like you said, books. For me, for a minute, it was finding different YouTubers who were like my older sister, like Brini Lee, and having her like in her car seat just telling me like, you know, you're, you're worth more like you cost, she was like, this is your cost, right? But double it, put tax on it. Like this is da, 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 da. like, she would just really be speaking life into me. And so I found a lot of like people that I could relate to online. And that helped me to feel a little bit um, less lonely when I wasn't able to always get in contact with the friends that I have. But even mm-hmm. what you were saying about your mom and how she would um, reach out to your uncles, like, I really believe that when I wasn't so caught up in the friends that I had back at school. I was really able to look around and start to cultivate the relationship with I, that I have with my little cousins. Like, I love them so much. They're all, like, individually so cool. Like, my cousin, Jana, she's going to be a bison. Uh, class of 24, geez. But, yeah, baby bison next year. Um, and my two little cousins, Kenan and Kaden and Dylan, I never gave them a shout-out. And my aunt Nara. Woo-hoo. Okay, but anyways... I really started to care about that relationship with them once I stopped putting so much um, weight into the friendships that I had at school because I'm like, these are this is my family, you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we can go to friends and make them our family. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know in my case, I didn't have the best relationship with my parents because of just, you know, me growing up and me thinking that I knew everything and I just had a lot of pride and I pushed them away, and so I pushed the rest of my family away, thinking that I found my true family in the friends that I made in college. But really, that was so wrong. And I, as soon as that relationship, those friendships were ended, I got closer to my mom like immediately. And then I started to be like, you know what? I'm gonna spend time with my little cousins. And so like all my little cousins came over, and we made slime and had sleepover, and like I got them pizza, and it was a really good time. And I was like, that was such a Uh, an investment that you know that's a memory that they'll always have that's a memory that I'll always have and those are the first relationships that will never go anywhere like you cannot sever blood really like it's it's really I think that that was something that changed my life to really invest in those first friendships that you have because like you said you were an only sibling I mean an only child but I have a sibling I always make jokes about me being an only child but I'm not an only child I have an older brother he lives in California. I live in Michigan. Sometimes we're not um, in contact all the time. And I know that that's a relatable you know, thing. Not everybody's mad close to their sibling. Um, but like you said, I had to find ways to entertain myself because, you know, me trying to interact with my parents, they're working, my brother, he's playing with his friends or he's playing video games or whatever. So I had to find a way to entertain myself. And I even been thinking recently that that relationship and us not being really close, it probably fed into me being heavily validation driven and being like, okay, so he's not my friend. I'm never going to feel like that ever again. So I'm going to make sure that everybody's my friend outside of these walls. And so it can kind of drive you into these situations where you are getting validation from the wrong source. You are becoming friends with anybody because you just don't want to feel rejected, like how your sibling might've rejected you. And to this day, like I love him and we're cool. i we had that talk in the car at the parking lot of Walgreens, like, it's okay. But I I, did, I definitely wanted to, like, make that a point because we have our first friendships with our siblings and then we have our second friendships with, like, our cousins, sometimes vice versa. Um, and family is not to be neglected. Even if you don't have friends, 
you might have family. I, I'm going to just assume that you do. And so those are good things, especially when they're little cousins. Like you can really change their lives and be in their lives the way that maybe you didn't have somebody. Mm-hmm. That's true. So you made a note about um, us having different stories when it comes to friendships. And a lot of my friendships, yes, they have made it through storms. I'm thinking, yeah, they've made it through storms. Um, And you asked me, how have I maintained these connections? And I'm gonna tell you how. Um, First of all, just reflecting on like the major friendships. Hold up, let me back up. I saw a tweet the other day. I got excited. I saw a tweet the other day that said, let's get more comfortable with calling people our acquaintances and not our friends. And I said, look, man, like it's Mm -hmm. it's an easy thing to call any and everybody your friend. And I treat almost any and everybody like they are a friend. Um, It doesn't feel polite to introduce someone that you just kind of sort of know and be like, hey, like this is my acquaintance. So and so it just (laughs) doesn't feel polite. It's not socially acceptable. Um, but I think it's more of like an internal thing. We really need to internalize the fact that some people are genuinely not your friends. It doesn't mean they're out to get you. It doesn't mean they're going to portray you, but y'all don't have that connection yet. They are your acquaintance and that's okay. You can, you know, call them bud, pal. Um, (laughs) but also know that like, what are the standards that you have for your friendships? If they do not meet that, then, you know, don't cross any boundaries when it comes to your interaction with them. So reflecting on the actual friendships that I have, um, my longest friendship, like I said, 17 years, we met at the La Petite around the corner from Howard University. God is incredible because never did I ever think I was going to Howard. Um, And we kind of fell out of contact. We have the same exact birthday. This is Imani I'm talking about. Um, with the same exact birthday, the way that we became friends at a pre-K, our moms, it was also like two other people, kids in our class who had the same exact birthday, June 19th. And they showed up all on June 19th at the pre-K, all with a cake. And they're all looking at each other like the little Spider-Man, just like, hold up, wait, <laughs> my kid's birthday, like, what are you bringing a cake for? And since then we we stuck together like we just became like a little group and when I moved to Florida me and Imani we stayed in contact but like middle school came and you know things just kind of like they got different there we we lost contact for a bit and we got back in contact sometime I think in high school and I came to DC to visit my family and we hung out and it was like that bond that we had when we were four years old somehow it just immediately got reignited and like she's still my best friend like we I'm excited to virtually celebrate our birthdays together or something like that's my girl and so that's the longest friendship that I have and my other close friendships um we all met starting high school together so freshman year um a couple of them I knew before high school we were all in elementary school together and um these friendships I'm so grateful that they feel sustainable like I've never had a big I've never had a super big blowout with any of my friends and I remember I used to hear like if you don't argue with your friends are y'all really friends and I was like dang maybe my friends really aren't my friends because we get along great 
And I can't let the world tell me what my relationships are supposed to look like. Because one thing about me, when it comes to my friends, like, I understand that they're individuals. And like, that's the first thing that I think has been so important to maintaining my friendships, knowing that we are not the same people, we did not grow up the same. And I'm not going to put the expectations that I have on myself, on other people, um, because they don't need to match me. Like, we don't need to dress up alike. We don't need to think the exact same way. We just need to be supportive and we need to be able to listen to each other. And knowing that my friends are individuals has allowed me to have so much patience with my friends. I'll never forget last year, around this time, actually, Aaron and I went to Broccoli City Festival. She flew up from Florida and we were so hyped to see Lil Wayne. Like, that was the reason why we were there. We were solely there to see Lil Wayne. And before Lil Wayne came out, he was about an hour late. They did a Nipsey Hustle tribute. Rest in peace to Nipsey Hustle, tri- Nipsey Hustle. But that tribute was very long, um, and it was unexpected. And we wanted to see Lil Wayne. <laughs> and we were at the front. It's crowded. It's hot. Ariane's feet are hurting. Her knees are hurting. She is like crying and getting mad, like <laughs> almost throwing a fit. And I was. I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to embarrass my girl. She'll understand. I was almost embarrassed. I was like, oh, my gosh, girl, calm down. (laughs) Lil Wayne's going to come out. I promise it's going to be okay. And she's like, Journey, I'm upset, and I'm allowed to express how I'm feeling. And that shut me all the way up because I was not used to that. Like, if I'm feeling upset, if I'm feeling some type of way that's going to be um, visual, that, you know, people can see how I'm feeling – I was kind of in the habit of pushing that down because I'm not trying to disturb the peace of other people. Again, that's that politeness that like, who told me that I need to be polite for other people if I'm feeling a certain type of way, like I'm human and I'm allowed to be that. And she taught me that like having patience with your friends also means like allowing them to express how they're feeling and not shutting them down and always giving them advice right away. We all want a wise friend. We all want a friend who gives good advice, but we all want a friend who allows us to be to be us, allows us to make mistakes because they're not our parents, they're not our mothers, like they're not our God. They are our friends. They're here to be supportive and be patient and let us grow. And so I'm really grateful that I, I got that lesson from my friends, which leads me to the other thing that I think has been really important for my friendships is being vulnerable. You were saying like, how God sees everything. There's nothing that we can hide from God. And we are extremely vulnerable with God, whether we know it or not. Um, Because God sees when we're crying and we're hiding it from people. God sees when we're sending out a text message that says, it's okay, and you're not okay. (laughs) Um, And friendships, you know, my my best friendships have seen those moments, too, where they've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Gianna loves to get on me about how I don't express my feelings and she knows me like this girl knows me and she knows when I'm hiding things and she's like journey be honest I was eating some chicken on FaceTime the other day and I was like "Mm, this is good and she was like when you haven't had protein in a year I was like look you're coming (laughs) for me and you know me well I get it but I feel attacked and it's like it seems like so small and so funny, but like, that's like a moment of vulnerability when somebody knows you so well that they know that you're not okay. Or they know just like these small nuanced things about you. And, um, 
being vulnerable, like allowing myself to be vulnerable around my friends has been so, so fulfilling because it's also taught me how to be vulnerable in romantic relationships. And that's even harder because we really try to put on a good face with romantic relationships. But, you know, you're, I was listening to, um, Relationships Reloaded, Michael Todd's um, sermon that he put out recently. Shout out to Michael Todd because his episode or his sermon, Relationship Goals, that was came out last year, went completely viral. Like, and that's not the thing that we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that people of all walks of life heard a good word. Like that's always so incredible to me. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking in Relationship Goals Reloaded how you know, your relationship with God is really going to set the foundation for other relationships. And it kind of trickles down into um, other relationships you have with people. And I think in my mind, I, and I'm sure other people do, we have this like hierarchy of relationships, right? Your family's at the bottom, your friendships come next, actually below below your family, maybe your coworkers, maybe, (laughs) maybe, but most importantly, family, friends, and then your romantic partner. And (laughs) it's like, I'm realizing that the things that I learned from my relationship with God, I bring into my friendships, and that gets even developed and my friendships further develop. And then I bring those into romantic relationships. I don't think that's how it should be, but I'm understanding that that's how it's worked so far, which is really interesting. So if that's how it's going to continue to work for my life, I don't know my friendships with people like they need to be spot on like they they need to have um positive values i need to be able to be vulnerable like i need people to be patient with me because those are things that i'm going to expect from a romantic partner because at the end of the day like that's a friendship with with some spice on top of it (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then i think one of the most important things i've learned since being in college when it comes to my friendships is that like being more on the side of an introvert, I really value my alone time and I value distance. And I had actually asked my friends today before we started the show, I was like, so we've been friends for a while. Why are we still friends? Like, how did this happen? What's tea? And one said, I think we all bring different dynamics to the group, which makes each one of us essential. That's why we're sticking like glue, because if one of us is missing, then the balance would be off. And we feel it literally every time. Mm. Like, it's five of us. As far as this group chat that I'm in, it's five of us. And when it's two out of five, we're like, hey, three out of five. <laughs> so much. And then the- <laughs> it's so cute. And then the other person said, um, after we got close, we understood like how similar we were and just how we experienced similar things. And so there's a high level of trust. Um, and then the last thing that somebody said that, that I want to bring into what I was saying about being an introvert is that distance, even though we all saw each other all the time in high school and we didn't kill each other. So basically what they were saying is like, you know, we have these friendships that end up turning into acquaintances because they are founded on proximity. Like they're founded on like casualness. They're founded on the same um, class every day. Exactly. Like 
it's just it's casual it's there's no thought behind it kind of it's just kind of like look we're here together so we kind of have to and it feels real it always feels so real and it feels so good to have those relationships like it's convenient they're very convenient relationships they're drugstore relationships they are cbs (laughs) relationships (laughs) but when you add distance into the picture it really shows you like how real that friendship could be Um, And how real that friendship is, because when we all graduated from high school, my girls all went to different schools in Florida and I stayed, you know, I moved to D.C. And we've gotten closer, like we've all gone through crazy different experiences all from a distance. And the fact that we're able to come back together without judgment um, and know that we give each other space to make our mistakes. We give each other space to learn and develop into new people. And we don't, we're not the same people that we were when we first met in high school. We're different people, but the dynamic still works. I think distance has been really important in that because it's just allowed us to see that we're growing in the right direction. And the fact that we're growing together is a blessing and not everybody, you know, Not everybody experiences that, but I'm very, like, very blessed to say that that's what my situation has been. And I'm so grateful that distance didn't tear us apart. It didn't make us feel as if we're out of reach, but it forced us to to know ourselves more as individuals so that when we come together as a collective, it's powerful, like, and it's honest. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. That's amazing. Y'all need a movie, first and (laughs) foremost. (laughs) We need to see it. But yeah, and then those are the type of friendships that you like imagine the girls' trips on the boats and stuff when y'all go and on vacation. That's amazing. Those sound really fun. But I love what you were saying earlier about like how that really the relationship that you have with God really will leak into the friendships. I mean the relationships that you have here on earth. Because I remember when I used to idolize my friendships and I was super distant from God, or I was feeling like God was mad at me, and every single thing that I did was an issue for him, and that he was, like, you know, just ashamed of me, I would be so hard on myself, and I found myself being um, very sensitive and very touchy in my friendships, being, like, feeling, like, really, really offended, like, if they were texting me weird, or, like, it's just that relationship really not having um, a good right standing with God at the time, it really did affect how I was feeling with other people, especially because I started plugging in after, and then I started backsliding. So like, if I want to show up and be my best self in these friendships, then I have to stay connected with God. And I have to keep that, that, um, it going in a, in a healthy, consistent devotional basis. Like it has to be developed. Um, because that's the only way that we were able to fill up with love and we're able to overflow into the other people who, you know, could benefit from, you know, our, us serving them and them serving us. Like, it's supposed to be this intentional choice to be loving towards people. And I love about what you said, like, you know, when it's about being patient with people and helping them stick around. Because I'm in a, in a situation where I have friends that I've grown up with. And because of life circumstances and us going through all of our own things, us making mistakes, us... Um, not being the like showing up for each other in the best ways. Like I know that I didn't show up in certain ways for those friends. It's really, it's caused like some distance and it's caused us to not be, um, for me to feel like I'm not being supported by them. And 
me like wanting to, to support them, but it almost seems like, no girl, like I'm good, like thanks. And, but we're still in each other's lives at the same time. And so I, I don't even have a solution for this right now and I'm just working through it. But I think that whenever, you know, you just speak on stuff like that, somebody might be like, yes, I feel the same way. So I hope that there's like some use out of that situation that I'm going through. Um, but it's really strange because you really do hear from everybody, like cut people off, leave no ties. And sometimes you really have to. And because they weren't a good influence and they're not changing anytime soon and they don't want to be better. So you have to let him go. But when it comes to, you know, just gentle or really fragile states of friendships in that moment, I think that the worst thing to do might be cutting it off because it might like really just sever it forever. And like friends go through storms, friends might be more distant or they might, you know, prioritize other friendships over this friendship. But I'm never team cut them off. Like it's always there needs to be more patience because we would hate for God to do us like that. Like I'm sure the ways that we've betrayed him when we were his enemies and not his children, like he could have been like, not cutting it off civilization over again. But you know, now we have this promise that that won't happen again. And like, it just really, it just helps me to be more, um, more, more patient with people, especially like, um, thinking about how we will never perfectly do anything for God, even when we are obedient, even when we do exactly what he tells us to do, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love him before we love anybody else. We can never do that perfectly. We can never represent him perfectly. And he knows that. Otherwise, if if we were perfect, there, was, there would be no reason for him to be merciful. There would be no reason for him to be full of grace because we wouldn't need it. We're perfect. And so in the same way that like he is unchangeably merciful, unchanging, unchangeably forgiving, we are unchangeably imperfect because that keeps this earth in balance. That means that we are not God. Otherwise, we would bow down and worship one another. And we shouldn't, even though sometimes we try. <laughs> we really do try. I mean, if you listen to any pop song about love, we do try. But I wanted to <laughs> talk about um, like keep talking about failure because I feel like that is the most comforting thing that people can do is talk about failure <laughs> um, in, in the spirit of being imperfect. So some lessons that I've learned through failed friendships is don't actively pursue friendships with people that you don't like. And that sounds so mean. We're supposed to like everybody, but don't lie to yourself. You don't like everybody. I don't like everybody. And sometimes you don't click. Sometimes it's too forced. And I know that I had a relationship with someone because they were friends with a friend of mine. And so I'm thinking, oh, no, we need to be best of friends because you all are best of friends. And so that's when you're forcing an associate to become a bestie. And it's just it's not it wasn't meant to happen that way. And so the time that you're spending texting them, checking up on them, hanging out, asking if you can link like that's wasting their time when you really don't want them. Like like I made uh the the what is it the reference um a while ago like what says when she said like why do you bother me when you know you don't want me that's not just for romantic relationships that can be for friends mm -hmm. too like okay why are you trying to force this to work out so bad like i really do believe that god wants us to value people and to care about them and that means that he wouldn't want us to spend time with people that i mean to waste people's time if we're not really there with genuine intent we're only there because it's the right thing to do like what that's trash so I had to learn that the hard way. Don't actively pursue, seek out, 
feel like you have to be friends with people that you actually don't click with. And the second one, if their only function is to comfort you and make you laugh, that's an unhealthy friendship, period. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not your mom. They're not there to coddle you and make you feel like every single little thing that you do is fantastic. Or um, even if what they do or they don't do, if that affects you, like, deeply, that's not a healthy friendship. And I thought that, oh, like, they're a good friend because, you know, they support me. They're really supportive or they're really, really funny or they're really sweet, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good friend because sometimes you need to be told, no, you were wrong. Or sometimes you need to be told like um, that, you know, this actually isn't the best decision that you're making or just, hey, I need some time alone. Having friendships that you're always together is not healthy. And then another one, um, if they're nice and fun, but influence you to be in harm's way, they're not good friends. Because I know that I used to be wiling out in high school and I thought that, oh, they always, like, add me to the shenanigans. Like, we're all in a group chat. We're all going to link up. And we're about to be on just tomfoolery. That <laughs> does not mean that they're good friends just because they're really nice. Because people who are on tomfoolery, like party girls, super, super nice. Super nice. But does that always necessarily um, align with where, what you're trying to do or what you, how you want to live? Sometimes it is. But in my case, that's not how I wanted to live my life. And so I had to realize, like, oh, they were just very, like, good people, but they didn't want to go the same direction of life that I wanted to go. And so we had to grow apart. And so I just thought that it was kind of confusing at the time when I was like, oh, no, they're not bad influences because they're nice to me. But sometimes nice people can influence you to do bad things. Um, and then also, if you never feel like you're good enough because you're not clicking the way that you feel you should, talk it through, of course, have a conversation. But if it's still the same after, like, it's this repetitive thing, it's just time to part ways. And I don't think that it should be, like, this blowout. But sometimes just be less available is kind of the, the best way to go about it. But if they do bring it up, like, hey, things have been weird, then be honest. Um, and then I wanted to also bring up that Christian love does not mean having no boundaries. Like, I'm so over that. Like, people are like, okay, so how can you how can you um, operate in a situation where someone wants to be your friend, but you're, and you want to show Christian love, but you don't like them? And it's like, okay, Jesus was crucified and people, people killed him. And he was, and um, also he was, um, what was it? Yeah, he was, he was crucified and people did not um, receive him well when he went back home. But that didn't mean that he was kicking it with those same people. He wasn't looking for their approval. Like, um, I can't remember the books of it, but he was very, he, he didn't have to be friends with everybody. Like, that's the whole point. He had his tight group of people. He had his disciples. And then he had, like, his, his top three. And so when people say, like, oh, you need, to, you need to like everybody. You need to actively pursue a friendship with everybody to show God's love. Like, no, honestly, the, the kindest thing that you can do to somebody if you really don't like them is to give them space because you might be tempted to gossip about them behind their back. And that is not being a, a Christian or being, you know, godly and showing God's love. And I just don't like when people make it seem like, oh, you have to like you have to stay in emotionally abusive or physically abusive things. Like we don't really say physically abusive, but we are more prone to handle emotional abuse and just take it and suppress it because we think that if we were to leave this person, then that would make us seem impatient or that would make us seem like we gave up on them. But no, we gave up on that situation. I am not your God. Like he will handle it. And I think that 
that will also help somebody to be set free. So I'm setting you free with that. Like, if you really are in something that is like, this is getting emotionally abusive, I can't handle it. And I'm trying to show the love of God to this person. Leave them alone because you're not God. They need to have that space to know and to learn and have God to handle it for them, for you. You don't need to text that person back. You don't need to hang out with them. It's okay. And sometimes you'll be the toxic person who gets cut off. And you also have to understand that your value is not in whether or not that person says that you're good enough to hang out with anymore or whether or not you know, you can ever be redeemed from that mistake. You are able to be redeemed from anything. There is nothing that, there's no sin that his grace does not abound. So I don't believe that you should be putting your identity and feeling so much guilt and shame for when you make a mistake in a friendship because it's bound to happen. You're going to disappoint somebody. And to expect that you won't disappoint somebody is setting you up to be devastated beyond almost repair. Like you'll feel like, dang, I really messed up. And yeah, that's the whole point of being human, sis. You're not God. <laughs> so yeah, I hope that that was helpful for somebody because whew, I have been through it in my little 20 years of living. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's so much power in loving people from a distance. I'm really glad that you highlighted that. We we don't have to like everybody. I always say like, I love everybody, but I don't like everybody. Cause like that love is just... That love is just, it's not because I have to love everybody. I mean, kind of, but <laughs> I just have a deep appreciation for everybody, but I don't like everybody. Yeah, don't I feel like parents it. feel that way too. Like sometimes parents will love that, like they love their kid, but sometimes they don't like them. They be like, you get on my nerves. I don't <laughs> like them. Like <laughs> and that's okay. Eesh. And also love is telling the truth. If you really, really believe that you need to show love to somebody, that is telling them the truth. Like, I think it's so funny how people have this idea of Jesus as this kindergarten teacher or as this, you know, very passive, just, just I don't even know, like this, it's just like this weird idea that they have of him, but really he was coming for people's necks. Like he was calling Pharisees, which are these really highly religious people who knew a lot about scripture, but they were mean and they were like really, really judgmental towards people. He would be like, you guys, you know, you look clean on the outside, but on the inside, you have dead man's bones. And that is also loving because they needed to get it together. <laughs> so it's not necessarily coddling people and making them feel how they want to feel all the time. That's not necessarily love. Just needed to add that. <laughs> no, for no, just to add on that. I have been like really interested in understanding biblical context nowadays. Like it, it feels super like. Oh, I was about to cuss. Um, that's <laughs> awkward. Um, <laughs> it feels super like unbalanced to read the Bible without context for me. Like I need to understand history. Like I need to know who are these people talking? Like who are they talking to? Like what what was really going on, right? Um, and it's been super interesting, like kind of studying in that way. And me and my dad were talking about Jesus and he was like people need to stop playing with Jesus like as you were saying like he's this soft like little dude because first of all Jesus was hanging out with fishermen and my dad's like do you understand how burly and big and strong you need to be to be a fisherman when they didn't have advanced technology like we have nowadays you going out there on almost a plank and just you know <laughs> the spear into the into the water and pulling out there like you got to be, you got to have some muscle on you, number one. Number two, I always think about 
me and my dad were laughing about this. The story where Jesus flipped the table. I was like, now those tables they had back then, they were no Ikea little fake <laughs> aluminum tables. They were not your little, you know, uh, bring out the tables for the, for the picnic. Like it was, <laughs> these were wooden tables. Like the tables were big. And to see my Jesus, oh my God, to see my Jesus flip a table, my guy was big, okay? Like my guy was strong. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's just so important for us to remember, like, the context of these certain, certain things, like, being a loving person, being a kind person, being a person who is, you know, achieving to be um, good in God's eyes and righteous in God's eyes does not make, make you soft. Like, I'm not with that. I'm not with yes. soft for the sake of of you know, uh, being seen as a Christian in humans' eyes, like, forget a title, like, I'm going to be very adamant about the things that I believe in, about the things that I will and will not put up with, because that's what Jesus did, and Jesus was, chose carefully who he was hanging out with, and he was kind to people who, um, who were doing things that maybe he wasn't, like, buddy-buddy with. He was still kind to them, you know, still Absolutely. kind to prostitutes, like, still kind to people who have diseases and are homeless. But, yeah, it's just, it's so important, like, in your friendships. Like, if your friendships require you to be soft, and like you, like we talked about earlier um, in a earlier episode, make yourself seem small, yeah. then that's not a friendship you need to be a part of. Right, you don't need to be a doormat to anybody. Um, And I also wanted to add on to the point of being when you do mess up and when you are the toxic friend at times, don't allow people to make you feel like you have to tap dance and now perform to be back to where y'all used to be. Like, that's not that's not being a good friend. That's not being loving. Um, That's not allowing somebody to have no record of wrong. And like we read about that in, in First Corinthians 13 about what love is in understanding that it is patient, it is kind, you know, it keeps no record of wrongs. It does not, it's not boastful. It's not rude. And so for you to mess up and a friend really hold it over you and be like, okay, so I really need to see this performance. Like really, I need to see it just a little bit more jacked up, not jacked up, but like I need for you to do a backflip and then I need to do a cartwheel. I need to tap dance. I need this choreography to be on 10. Just because you messed up one time, that's, that's somebody like, holding a grudge against you and it's probably not even a, about that instance but holding a lot of other things against you too and you might have to let them <laughs> see, let, let them figure that out on their own but I also like what you were saying like I'm not about to let myself be a punk just because of what my beliefs are like Hebrews 10 39 one of my favorite verses it says but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed but to those who have faith and are saved and there's also a lot um the the very famous verse about you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love and a sound mind or self-discipline or self-control. And those verses like that, that should very much let you know that you are not a doormat because you love God. Like you are actually you have so much authority, actually. And you really need to be like, you're not going to treat me like that. Like, do you know who my dad is? Like, do you know who my father is? It really needs to be on that. Um so yeah, I just wanted to help you guys rise up <laughs> because it really bothers me. I think that that's how I got told so much in my my walk with God when I was in high school and in college because it just mm-hmm. seemed like everybody who didn't have the same beliefs as me, they were just 
so, um, you know, almost angry at the fact that I believed in Jesus. Like there were so many arguments against it, like with atheists or agnostics or just people of other faiths, um, faiths and I didn't have answers. And so that just made me feel like, dang, like, I guess, yeah, I, I guess they're right. And I was convinced. And that led me to just really, really backsliding and really, really falling away. And what we really need, if we don't have anything else, we have everything if we have a relationship with God. So I just really encourage y'all to not let that be the thing that you give up when you want to become a new person. Do not let, give that one up, but maybe change your clothes, maybe change your hairstyle. Don't change up on God. Don't do that. But when we are faithless, he is faithful. Um, yeah, I don't think I had anything else to add. I hope we answered um, Homegirl's question and also, or, you know, touched on other people's inquiries and thoughts. Um, I would really like for us to stand some people now. Absolutely. You go first. So I would like to stand Rami Youssef um, and the show Rami on Hulu. Excellent. Excellent. That was me kissing the tips of my fingertips. Uh, my fingers. <laughs> it's just such a good show. I'm so grateful that I finally watched it. I started watching it because I saw on Twitter um, somebody said Mahershala Ali is about to be in season two. I said, let me hurry up. <laughs> watch the show because he's so fine so I watched the first season and um basically it's about this Egyptian American dude who's basically trying to balance living in the world as a young 20 something year old person but also being a person of Muslim faith and wanting to understand his faith outside of just traditions like wanting to really feel the presence of God um, and not just because it's what his parents say that he should do, um, but really wanting to take his faith seriously. And so it was so cool to like to see um, his lifestyle because there's a lot of things that I just did not know about the Muslim faith. And so they did an episode on Ramadan. Happy Ramadan to everybody who's celebrating it. And it's it's basically I would describe it as Atlanta, the show Atlanta with Donald Glover but with Egyptian-American characters. And he goes, he's based in New Jersey. Um, Rami Youssef, which is the main character, his real name is Rami Youssef. Um, he is a comedian, I guess. Um, so it's like dry humor, it's funny. Um, but in the show, he goes to this multicultural mosque and I'm really grateful that they they incorporated that. Like it's a mosque with African-American people and African people and Egyptians and Arabic people and white people and it's just so cool to see like people discovering their faith whatever it may be because we're all trying to find like this thing like we're all trying to understand ourselves and understand our relationship with um with our divine power and that was it's just such a good show it's so funny um I want to watch it again like I've never watched a show all the way through and then wanted to watch it again immediately each episode is like 20 minutes um, and it's just really, really, really good. Um, I also want to stand my little sister because her last day of class was yesterday. And so she's now officially a high school graduate. So she'll be going to college in the fall. And I'm really proud of her. She's, she's such a light, like such a star. I adore her. Um, who else do I like to stand? Hmm. I think that's all I have right now okay 
Is she committed to a college? Yes, she is. Which one? I will not say right now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was like, dang. College, she's it's fantastic college. I'm really proud of her. Amazing. Okay, cool. Well, I'll get that announcement soon then. <laughs> but, okay, so I've decided to stand. Okay, so in keeping with what I was saying before about how I just lost all my confidence because I didn't really know what I believed in for myself, just like what you're talking about with the basis of that show. I grew up in the church, so then I didn't really know what Christianity was about on my own. But when I started taking it seriously, these um, there's these really good uh, resources called, um, well, the whole, the whole concept is called apologetics, which is basically just, it helps you to know arguments of the faith. So then you can know what you actually are saying that you believe. Like, I think that that's what everybody should be on when it comes to how they move, because it's just like, you need to be able to let people know what the Trinity means, what all this different stuff means, because that will actually help you to have more confidence in yourself and in what the word says, because if it says you are loved, you are treasured, you are beautiful, but you don't believe this part of it, then, you know, you're picking and choosing at that point. Like, how can you really believe? So I love Bold TV on YouTube. Um, Preston Perry, that's his thing. I love watching Wretched TV with Todd Friel. I'll watch um, what Cross Examined and I watch Living Waters Ministries on YouTube. And it just really, really helped me to understand, oh, what all this is about. And I was able to choose it for myself because of those things. So I think those are really good resources. I've decided to stand those. And I also decided to stand, um, oh, Jerome, no. <laughs> I knew, ooh, I knew you were going to say it, and I was literally thinking about it. I was thinking about this crazy behind show. I bet she's going to say it. <laughs> I love it. But y'all already know that I really like weird shows anyways. Like, I already stand, like, pen 15 on this show. But I really think that Audrey No is really, really cute because it's just, it's just this really, really sensitive Black guy who's, like, this app developer. And, you know, he hit, there's this whole episode that is about him, um, you know, wanting to be somebody else that he isn't because he's too soft. And so he goes to this um, this class in order to toughen up, like he's learning how to toughen up. <laughs> and it's so funny. And, it's, and then he has this, oh, I don't want to like spoil it. But basically that whole episode felt like a metaphor for almost like my own journey with really accepting who I am and doing a double back of who I thought I had to, you know, reject or abandon um, and I ended up picking that self back up and, you know, just making her better with the experiences that I have now. So um, I really like that episode. And also the episode where he's saying no, because he's such a people pleaser that he finally tells someone, oh, like, no, actually, I, I really value my uh, I prioritize my free time. And so I can't take on this new opportunity. Like, no, I don't want to do it. And they're like, oh, that's so great. Thank you for letting us know. Thank you for not leading us on. And he's like, you're not mad. And she's like, no, thank you so much. And then he just goes around. He's like, no, 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 no. And he just goes crazy. He got no happy. Yeah, yeah, he did. So that was just a great episode. But I really like that show. Very lighthearted. Um, yeah, because I, I can't do stuff that's really, like, I don't know. I, I can't do, like, the murder mysteries. I cannot do the stuff that my parents like to watch. But as soon as they show me Odrome No, I was like, this is fantastic. And there's just a lot of um, little nuances about like him being an app development because like 
the blue on the screen that they show is like that same type of error blue that screens have and the different fonts that they use in their transitions. It looks like an Apple commercial because those are, those are the same type of fonts that apps use. So I just I like picking up on those little things. It's very well shot and this mm-hmm. beautiful. It's in the sunlight a lot of the day, like daytime type show. Um, and yeah, I like the way that they incorporate technology in it. So I highly recommend. It's a fave of mine right now. You know, I talked a lot of trash about it, but I'll probably end up watching the rest. It's so short. I might as well. I'll it's watch so the rest short. of it. It's just delightful. Like, it's just really, it's just one of those shows that is just like, I don't know. It just was really delightful when I watched it. I just felt like very seen because I have my times when I'm just mad sensitive as well. So I was like, I really, I feel this. And I like that it's a black man having these issues. <laughs> Not issues, but like, I like that it's showing that black men have range. And that's the same actor, like you pointed out, in Uncorked on Netflix, which is also really good. Another suggestion that has Nisi Nash in it. And this man is literally learning how to smell and taste wine and suggest wine for a living. He's turning into a sommelier. And it's just a very, very specific and random plot, but it has so much heart and you laugh and you cry and it becomes a part of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one more two more people I want to stand. I would like to stand Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion. To be very honest, I did not listen to the remix. That's not the point. The point is, I appreciate when celebrities use their fame for good and uh, Beyonce and Megan are, you know, using the money that is coming from, you know, the streaming of this, of this song and from the, I guess from the merchandise that they're putting out to COVID re- relief. And um, that's just very honorable, and I appreciate them for doing that. And I'm really happy that Megan has been able to see um, the fruit of her prayers. Like, she's been able to see her dreams come true. And, you know, I really, my heart goes out to her because she's not able to celebrate this with her mother. Um, But I know her mother is very proud of her. I'm saying this like I personally know them, but it doesn't matter. Like, her her heart is in the things that she does. and she's a young girl, like we easily could be friends or something like that, you know? Um, so <laughs> so I just want to put that out there. I'm so happy for her and I'm so grateful that they're doing the right thing with this money because people are being really greedy out here. So whenever I see people not being greedy, it's not that I celebrate it because that shouldn't be, you know, that should be a standard not being a greedy, but I just do want to at least acknowledge it because it shouldn't go overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bet. Well, that's all I got to say. You got, That's all you had to say? That's all I got to say. All right. Well, this was an action-packed episode. We have, <laughs> we have one more after this. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. What are we going to talk about? Please, people, let us know what to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to be an emo episode. We already did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not going outside. I'm not. <laughs> We're not going outside. We not. We not. Oh, my gosh. Maybe... Well, whatever. We'll we'll master plan. We'll scheme. We'll plot. But yeah. So, but before we wrap up, I just wanted to remind everybody to check out our Patreon, and you can use that. And if you don't, uh, if you're not able to support us because you don't have the coin for that, that's fine. Just send it to somebody who does have the coin to support us. Um, and Patreon.com/slash/BigDeep is the link. You can check us out on all streaming platforms, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on Apple Apple Podcasts. 
And yeah, so thank you so much for listening to our show today. You want to wrap it up to Journey? Yeah. Um, thanks, y'all. You know, you know the show where we're fake deep, but not, not real shallow. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>